Meditation Part 1 The Mind and the Brain Dear friends, Meditation is not a subject. It is the core of our being. It was once considered an esoteric subject and now scientists want to know all about it. To us, it is one of the great joys of life and any joy of life is in turn a meditation. Today, let's begin a phase of digging deep into science. It happened that a student once came to his teacher and said, I'm ready to do what it takes. Teach me, beloved teacher, what I need to know. The teacher said, Very well. In that case, I have two gifts for you. The first gift is this insight. So listen. It is often said, the body is a prison. It ages and decays without reason. But I say to you, my boy, it is a great pastime, a nice toy. Body is not the disease. In fact, it is the very emblem of ease. Sit still and the body's mechanizations become the antidote to the prolific hallucinations of a mind in rote. No need then for the mind's delusion, its stupor and its imagination. The yogi says, sit, sit daily, systematically, learn to live emphatically. Celebrate the treasures of this magnificent biology without regret or any apology. Whether in a prison or under a tree, use the body to set yourself free. You just heard what the yogi says, that body is not part of the problem, but the solution. And now here is the second gift. Seek not to become thoughtless, my boy. Instead, let the thoughts be and you enjoy. They say thoughts take you on a roller coaster and tie you up in knots, always leading to disaster. But I say to you, Seek not to end the thoughts. Instead, let them be. In understanding, there is an end to all pain and suffering. Don't take thoughts to heart. 
let them end before they start. Watch them so, watch them so. Keep the smile on and let them go. That's understanding, my friend. It is the end without an end. The inner journey to witnessing is the closure for every single thing. You just heard the second insight. Seek not to become thoughtless, my boy. Instead, let the thoughts be and you enjoy. In this blog, in part one, we will explore the relationship between the mind and the brain. In the second part, we will go deeper into the physiology of certain areas of the brain, see how stress and unhappiness affect the brain, and how the brain responds to meditation. In part three, we will see how different techniques of meditation can relieve us from stress and foster mental health and wellness. Scientists have so far mostly operated on the assumption that reality is purely physical and it comes from the feeling of I am the body. At the other end of the spectrum are the ones who deny the body completely in the name of spirit. And bang in the middle is the subject of meditation as dealt with in yoga. Meditation is now being taken seriously by the scientific community because after almost a century of experiments with the most potent drugs, psychotherapy, behavior modification strategies and cognitive training, there seems to be no end to stress, depression and mental trauma. At the same time, simple techniques of meditation which the yogis have taught for thousands of years seem to really work. In a study conducted by the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health in US in 2011, in which MRI were taken of the brains of 16 participants two weeks before and after the participants joined a mindfulness meditation program conducted by researchers from Massachusetts General Hospital, Bender Institute of Neuroimaging, Germany, and the University of Massachusetts Medical School. The researchers concluded that meditation can cause improvement in mental health. It was found that a brief period of mindfulness meditation increased the amount of gray matter in the hippocampus and the parietal lobe areas of the brain and improved attention. 
Results from a 2012 study from the same institute suggest that meditation can affect activity in the amygdala, a part of the brain involved in processing emotions, and that different types of meditation can affect the amygdala differently even when the person is not meditating. In another study in 2012, researchers compared brain images from 50 adults who meditate and 50 adults who don't meditate. Results suggested that people who practiced meditation for many years have more folds in the outer layer of the brain. This process, called gyrification, is thought to increase the brain's ability to process information. A review of three studies in 2013 concluded that meditation may slow, stall, or even reverse changes that take place in the brain due to normal aging. A study found that participants who engaged in a body scan meditation for about 20 minutes reported higher levels of happiness and a decrease in anxiety compared to participants who just rested during the 20-minute time span. These results suggest that an increase in awareness of one's body through meditation causes a state of selflessness and a feeling of connectedness. One recent study found a significant cortical thickness increase in individuals who underwent a brief eight weeks mindfulness-based stress relief training program and that this increase was coupled with a significant reduction of several psychological indices related to worry, anxiety, and depression. So the scientific community is now intensely researching how the brain responds to meditation. And this is something we must know about because this will allow us to understand ourselves better. At the same time, there is the question, what is the relationship between the brain and the mind? We have been working on the asana sculptures. When you think of the word sculpting, maybe the image that comes to mind is a man sculpting a piece of marble with a chisel and hammer. Or maybe it's an image of liquid glass being blown on a flame. Or of the river that sculpts the very earth through which it flows. Or of the air sculpting rocks in the deserts. Earth, water, fire, air sculpt even the hardest of objects. What about the fifth element, space? 
Does space also sculpt? It is now being proposed in science that yes, space itself is not an emptiness but the subtlest of matter. Space is not easy to grasp as an element because it seems to be beyond our sense organs. In yoga theory, the element of space is associated with the subtle capacity of hearing, with the vibrations of the thought process. When we look at MRI scans of the brain, we can literally see that different thought patterns trigger different networks in the brain and over a period of time alter the shapes and sizes of certain structures and these changes affect every single cell in the body. In meditation, we try to consciously bring about desirable changes in the brain that is literally sculpting our brains. The brain has memory, processes information, decodes and relays signals from the sense organs and initiates commands to be sent to different organs of action in the body. The brain has the capacity to respond on reflex, to deal with emotion. It is the ultimate processor of information Yet, where does its command come from? The brain is not like a machine with separate mechanical parts. It is one continuous organic structure. But while studying its anatomy and physiology, we classify them into roughly 17 major structures. And these are organized into four areas of the brain, each having different functions. The brain stem is the most primitive part where the spine meets the brain, which is called the reptilian brain. The brain stem controls basic bodily functions like digestion, circulation, and breathing. Cerebellum is at the back of the head at the level of the eyes through which we have control of movement, coordination and balance. The limbic system is also called the old mammalian part of the brain and it includes the thalamus hypothalamus, amygdala, and the hippocampus. The limbic system sits right on top of the brainstem. This is where our emotional response and fear comes from. Cerebrum. As we move up the brain, we have the cerebral cortex. 
80% of the brain is made up of the cerebral cortex. This is what distinguishes human beings from the apes. It has four lobes. The frontal lobe is like the CEO of the body. It is the boss of the brain. When our brain is balanced, the frontal lobe controls all other parts of the brain. The parietal lobe is at the top back. This part of the brain deals with sensations. The occipital lobe is at the back, at the level of the eye. Its function is vision. And the temporal lobe is at the bottom on both sides near the ears. It is responsible for language, hearing and memory. When we study the theory of evolution, we see that the reptilian brain operates like a program. There is no emotion or learning there. In the brain of mammals, the limbic system, a little emotional response comes in. Learning becomes possible. In man, the brain has evolved to maybe the most powerful creation in the universe. But at the same time, man also has consciousness. He can be aware of himself. Question is, is the human brain and the consciousness of man one and the same? When we want to quit a habit or learn a new language, we have done this for thousands of years without any knowledge of the anatomy and physiology of the brain. The neuroscientist uses his own brain to understand the brain. But what we know as of now about our brains is only the tip of the iceberg. While many methods of meditation are being researched in the West, the approach of Ashtanga towards meditation has been about a longer preparatory period in which we work on our lifestyle as well as the body first before we talk about meditation. Yoga talks about ceasing modifications of the mind as the road to lasting peace and happiness. The method given to get there is systematic. Initially, we follow restraining and affirmative behaviors called yama and niyama and work with the body and breath through asana and pranayama. And here it is not about the body or the brain. The Yoga Sutra mention stillness, comfort, effortlessness, inhalation, exhalation, interior, exterior and the subtle. But there is no mention 
anywhere in the Yoga Sutra of the body. The word body is only referred to in the context of cleanliness and purification. Yet, the Yoga Sutra talk about acquiring powers such as directly knowing the movement of the solar system and the stars, of becoming small as an atom, which are inconceivable to the neuroscientist. The quantum physicist will tell you that a subatomic particle can be in two places at the same time as per the laws of science, and yet he cannot conceive of a human being doing that. As for the Yoga Sutra of Patanjali, these are not to be viewed merely as the powers of the brain. They are functions of a powerful mind, implying that if we work at the level of the mind, the brain will fall in line. In conclusion, it seems the relationship of the brain with the mind it's like the brain is the CEO, the one who executes the command. The mind is the real power. So yes, the brain is a great aggregator and processor of information, but its owner is the mind, the one who gives the command. So when we face a mental problem, eventually we have to solve it in the mind. And yet, the yogis say, do not ignore the body and the brain. In yoga, the method of Ashtanga does not just talk of meditation. It speaks of working comprehensively at the behavioral level through the five yama, the cognitive level through the five niyama, at the psychosomatic level through asana, and with the command mechanism of the brain and nervous system through pranayama. The body is seen as an extension of the mind and therefore a handy instrument to work with the mind and therefore an aid to meditation. So the yogi says, It is often said the body is a prison it ages and decays without reason. But I say to you, my boy, it is a great pastime, a nice toy. Body is not the disease. In fact, it is the very emblem of ease. Sit still and the body's mechanizations become the very antidote to the prolific hallucinations of a mind in rote. No need then for the mind's delusion, its stupor and its imagination. The yogi says, sit, sit daily, systematically, learn to live emphatically. Do celebrate the treasures of this magnificent biology without any regret or apology, be it 
inside a prison or under a tree, use the body well to set yourself free. In the next vlog, we will dig deep into how stress and unhappiness affects the structure and physiology of the brain and how meditation can heal the brain. Lots of love, Bharat Thakur.